Ashe family, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to a, another episode of My Unapologetic Perspective. This is the podcast where we give our point of view of controversial topics from my experience, black history and our knowledge as African Americans. Black history presently lives in us so we can continue to excel into the future. It's one thing to know black history. It's another thing to take advantage of what the people in black history did for you. In the words of Malcolm X, there will come a time where black people will wake up and become intellectually independent enough to think for themselves. And we believe we are at that time. I'm your host, Martre Baker-Stevens. And to the right of me is Shaquan Battle. Yeah. And to the right of him is Jerome Battle. What's up? Uh, we appreciate all the love and support we've been given. We've been getting um, much appreciated. I wish I can just write down all of the comments from TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and just go down and just thank all the people who tell us to keep pushing, to keep educating, to keep putting out the content that we've been putting out. Um, it goes a long way. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And sometimes with social media, we can get caught up in numbers. We can get caught up in um, hundreds and thousands and uh, tens of thousands when there are when one comment is enough, you know what I mean? Right. Two comments, three comments, all of that is enough to to let you know that people are listening and people are taking in the information that we, we are putting out there. And it's uh it's much appreciated. Absolutely. Um we were gonna do this topic last week, uh, but we moved it to this week and we may be a little bit behind from the rest of the world, but we're not even gonna approach it like a lot of other people are approaching it on social media when we talk about certain things, right? So again, we know that this podcast is about black history. We know that this podcast is about giving flowers out. We know it's about um, talking about racism and, and discrimination and giving our perspective from the black experience. But also we've done a couple of episodes already just talking about accountability for black people, right? So Absolutely. within our own culture and let, let me, let me be frank about what I'm saying for the people who are quick to, to, to jump in about other things, because we talk about those other things about systematic racism and all of those things. We know all about that. We talk about that on this platform, but the concern shouldn't just be how white America treats us. It also should be accountability for how we treat ourselves. Absolutely. Um, and we're not just talking about black on black crime because we know that it's a fad that crime happens within every community, right? We're not just talking about gun violence uh, when it comes to black people because we know America is built off of gun violence. It's the guns are the number one thing for America. So we're not just talking about that. We're not talking about black accountability to impress white America. We're talking about black accountability for us. This has nothing has nothing to do with anybody else, to, but for us wanting better for ourselves. And it's just heartbreaking to see because it's almost like a slave mentality when you turn on the news or you read an article or you see things on social media and the mindset that we have sometimes it's like, you really have to sit there and ask yourself, like, what are we doing? Like, like, why are, why are we doing things like this when we're over here trying to change things? But back here, we're still in that slave mentality, right? So that's like being an abolitionist, but you're on the plantation, that's you right. know, whipping another black person on the back. Like, we're, we're our own worst enemy sometimes. That's right. Uh, Y'all thoughts and perspective before we jump into this. The, the why is the million dollar question. And the one billion dollar question is, how do you change it? Right. So as you said, we've talked about it on this podcast many a times before where we talk about black accountability and we're quick to talk about the responsibility of white America when it comes to things that happen to us disproportionately or things that are unfortunate of an unfortunate nature. Um, but we're not quick to talk about the things that we contribute yeah. to those to, to those events. And, and that's black accountability. We, we, we have a, we've said this before in this podcast too. We have a high level of hate. Mm -hmm. Some of it is predisposed. Some of it is self-hate. Yeah. So and, uh, most of it is self-hate right. because obviously when we hate the white man, just simply because they're white, a lot of that is self-hate. Yeah. Um, because we've been programmed to feel that way. 
mm-hmm. about about ourselves. Yeah. Which is why you had slogans like um, I'm black and I'm, I'm proud. I'm black and I'm beautiful to, <laughs> to try to overcome some of those stereotypes and right. some of those feelings and thoughts about who we are as a people. Um, the problem is that only goes so far mm-hmm. because there's some people that have a I don't give a fuck attitude and it starts with that. Mm-hmm. So I don't give a fuck about any of that. Yeah. So if it's not concerning money in my pocket or the, the big one is reputation. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, too, is what people think is 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 a reputation. Mm-hmm. What makes me who I am and where I go? People know who I am. The things that that black America thinks is important to that is astonishing. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have huge numbers of us being killed every day as well as going to prison. It's the same mentality. Right. Um, I quote Biggie. Uh, he has said that, um, you know, standing on the street corner, <coughs> you see a guy ride by in a Mercedes. He fooled. Now I'm that. Is what was is what Big said, um, but yeah, I like I said, this episode is is about accountability. Um, like I said, it's a it's a trend that's been happening since two thousand eighteen. Um, at least one year we've been getting at least one popular rapper killed, and that's not even to mention the ones that's not popular. Um, two thousand eight was uh, XX Tentacion, two thousand nine Nipsey Hussle. 2020, Pop Smoke, 2020, King Von, 2021, Young Dolph, 2022, P&B Rock, and now Takeoff. Absolutely. Um, let's just jump right in the middle of meat and potatoes. You know, they didn't come in for the appetizers. Uh, let's let's just be honest. You know, appetizers one- are good, though. Those <laughs> <laughs> are good. Uh, one of the um, main things that, as a black culture, that we we do is we glorify of course murder and drugs and most of that is within the music and it's not just within the music it's glorified within the community um within the culture yeah which are not culture so, so we have a genre of music that has many artists that talks about killing each other selling drugs to each other or doing drugs that, that we see now and the problem is you can see 40 year old black men that look up to these artists that do that. These artists are 19, 20, 21 years old. You have 40-year-old men that want to be like NBA young boy, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, to want to be like these, the rappers, these drill music rappers that that's talking about murdering, that's talking about selling drugs, they're, they're talking about doing drugs. And, you know, we listen to their records and we sang along to the records while our kids is with us. You know, a lot of things that we don't think about outside of our normalcy, but there are not many people outside of the black experience who would do that, who would listen to a genre of music that talk about killing each other, who talk about uh, sex with each other, who talk about (coughs) dealing drugs to each other, who who glorify the people that's in prison. Like we're we're a culture that 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 does that. And I don't blame the rappers totally because the rappers are going off supply and demand, right? So there's a demand for this type of music. So there's so many people who want to supply that type of music. But a lot of the blame is on the consumers because we glorify it. We play it. We make those young rappers rich by talking about those things. And then other rappers are paying attention, say, okay, that's how they get money. That record labels are paying attention. They're saying, okay, that's what the people want to hear. Let's sign more of these artists. Let's do more of this type of music. Let's put that out. And it happens over and over and over again. And Pac is one of the great uh, (coughs) examples that I have for this is because Pac was an intellectual dude, right? He could make the type of music that can change black America. Let's just, let's just throw that out there. And I mean, totally. He did make, good music that changed a little bit of black America stuff, stuff that's just timeless music that we can still play today. And we're like, damn, Pac was nice. That's right. But he also had that other side where he wanted to portray something that he really wasn't. He and, also, and even if he was, it wasn't right, something yeah. that you should have been glorifying. But that's the things that other people around him was glorifying. So he felt like he had to cater to that crowd. So you can get a song like, keep your head up. 
dear mama. But then on the flip side, you get some gangster thug Hit shit. And it's like, wait a minute. Right. What are we doing? But that's not all Pac's fault. That's also some of our fault of putting him in that situation to where he had to choose between giving us the right information and then leading <coughs> us astray. You know what I mean? You know, every time you turn on the radio, you hear murder and drugs. Every music video, ski masks with guns. And these are these are our young kids, right? These we're not talking about the the developed older men. We're talking about these are our teenagers that are doing this. You know what I'm saying? And then they have the older men behind them. Like, what are we doing? That's right. I, I grew up in an era where they didn't play that kind of music on the radio. It was underground. And by the way it was able to go viral when you didn't have internet, you didn't have social media, you didn't have that, but it was able to travel, um, you know, underground. That made it popular to have it. Sort of like having something you wasn't supposed to have. And if you heard it, then that meant that you you had access to it. And again, we talk about reputation. That makes you well-known in the street when you had access to something that other people didn't have access to. Mm -hmm. So hearing what we call underground music, like Pox, um, um, gangster-type music. Um, and there was a lot of other rappers from East Coast to the West Coast that had those kind of records that was out that you couldn't buy in the record store. You didn't hear on the radio. Mm -hmm. You got them underground. And we made it popular. That changed the industry. But what, what, well, <laughs> let, me, let me just throw it in because now it's different. So now the underground music is the intellectual music and the gangster rap that's is right. the mainstream. But that's what made it go mainstream is that so many people wanted it on the underground network that the industry, as we know, don't give a fuck about how it impacts the community. Right. How it impacts their pockets is what they're concerned with made it mainstream. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, you have the intellectual music that is now underground. How many people want to hear it? Right. How many people want to pay to hear it? That's our fault. That's, That's our the consumer's fault. fault. It's the consumer's fault. That's business. Yeah. Um, sadly enough, we don't always make the rules. White America make the rules. We follow them, right? right? We use them to our advantage. The problem is, is not the money. The problem is people start enacting what they hear about. Yeah. I don't care if that was Tupac's lifestyle. It doesn't have to be yours. I remember when you guys, because you guys listened to the music that I listened to. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I listened to some underground uh, rap that was gangster music. But I would tell you guys all the time, know the difference mm -hmm. between entertainment and your life. Mm -hmm. This is not your life. This is entertainment. You listen to it as entertainment. Well, people ain't telling their kids that nowadays. They mm -hmm. like, in fact, I don't really blame them because I don't want to listen to the shit that's being played today. Right. So I'm glad, I'm glad I don't have young kids because I don't know what I would do. Mm -hmm. I don't want to listen to that. But I have to listen to it in order to know what my kids are listening to. How do you, again, back to the million dollar question is, why is that? And then the billion dollar question, how do you fix it? Mm -hmm. Well, for one thing, you take TikTok, right? So TikTok signs this deal that allows you to, anybody to put their song on TikTok. So what happens is now you got 11, 12 year olds doing drill songs on TikTok. That's right. So it's not even it's not even to the mainstream yet. It's, they don't have a record deal. They just somebody in some town making a drill song. If it happens to pop up on your TikTok, you seize it. Now, the thing is, is nowadays, who's on TikTok? Kids. Mm -hmm. That's right. 11, what? Not even 11. Seven, let's say seven to 18 year olds is on TikTok now. That's as, that is, is, that's being pushed to them. Now, you, these murders that we named, what do you have now? You have the video footage of them being murdered. Mm -hmm. That's right. We didn't have that when we was growing up. You know, I, I remember when Pac and Biggie died. That's probably my first two deaths that I can remember of hip hop. Well, no footage of them being shot now. We've seen the photos, but it, we didn't have actual live footage. And nowadays what's happening, and you've seen it with the takeoff is, these kids are so prone to seeing gun violence doesn't that they're not them, even right. running now. They're pulling their phone out and That's filming right. it. Yeah. It doesn't affect them anymore. Right. Yeah. So you, you become, it's becoming a normalcy. Right? Absolutely. So because again, like you said, 
And then that also plays into a part that, again, we didn't have that growing up. You know, you would have to read magazines and mm-hmm. maybe watch a, a interview to see what's going on with your favorite artist. That's right. Now you can follow your favorite artist and you can see everything that they're in. And now you're not just getting rapper beef, you're getting fans that are interacting into the beefs. And now right. you're creating a whole conglomerate of, of, of division based off of things that you don't even know what they're beefing mm-hmm. for. Absolutely. So, and that only happens in in our in our records in our in our genre of music because record companies are spending millions of dollars on black men and women who shouldn't be role models. That's right. You know what I'm saying? They're spending money. They're they're strategically spending money on 17, 18, 19 year olds who have absolutely nothing, who come from absolutely nothing. You're giving them a platform. They're talking about their experience, but people don't understand. Like you said, that is entertainment and not supposed to be education. And like mom used to say, I hope you know them school books like you know them rap musics. Never happened. I knew the rap music word for word. Before I I knew every 90s hip hop song word for word. I knew that more than I knew Malcolm X's speeches, James Baldwin quotes, Marcus Garvey's principles. And now you have these young rappers that are raising the kids through their music and the record companies know it. That's right. So we, yes, we're, we can, we can talk about the record companies exploiting black people all we want to, but we're the ones that's going on buying the shit. Yeah. You you know, there's a, it's like a two edged sword. Now, I'm just going to backtrack just for a second. In this podcast, you know, we discuss, as you said, black history, um, racism, discrimination, injustice, inequality, and other controversial topics related to blacks in America. Within that structure, though, we often discuss blacks being murdered by cops um, at a disproportional number. Um, We discuss the outcry from the communities, the black communities, and we support those voices of those that are angered, um, hurt, impacted by those numbers and the overall treatments of blacks in America. And at times, those voices are loud Mm -hmm. and egregious, and rightly so. And we've seen organizations like Black Lives Matter materialize um, from those voices in response to the treatment of blacks in this country. We've marched, we protested on city streets, and all over social media, we talk about, you ever heard the name Aaron Campbell, 25 years old, killed by police in Portland, Oregon in 2010. Reginald Wallace, age 40, killed by police in Nashville, Tennessee, 2010. Lee Joy Grissom, age 27, killed by cops in Culver City, California. Keith Briscoe, 36, killed by police in Township of New Jersey, 2010. Most of them, most people never heard of. Go to my name a couple more that you probably have heard of. So let's talk about Eric Garner, who we talked about before, killed in New York by police in 2014 by an officer using an illegal chokehold. No charges. Tamir Rice, 12, killed by cops in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, same year that Eric Garner was killed. Um, Playing with a replica gun, killed by a police officer. As soon as he jumped out of his police car, fired on a 12-year-old, killed. Freddie Gray, 25, killed by police in Baltimore. And in this case, officers were charged. That's because the majority of the officers were of color. They were non-white police officers. Obviously, none of the officers went to jail still, and that, even in that case. And so we're familiar with some of those names. The problem is... We know of three cases that we still talk about today that's probably aren't going to go away for a long time. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. In Breonna Taylor's case, nobody went to jail except for, and I don't know if you guys even watched this, but during the protest, there was some armed black militants mm-hmm. that had firearms. One of the guys that was leader of that group was going to prison for seven years. So you had police officers that shot into an occupied dwelling, killed somebody. Nobody went to jail. The only officer that was actually charged was because his bullet went into another apartment Mm -hmm. and was charged. We cried. We marched. We protested. We did all kinds of shit behind that. Mm -hmm. And rightly so. However, let's talk about some other things that happened that there is no marching. We can talk about these black rappers just being murdered. Mm Mm-hmm. Where's, where's Black Lives Matter? Mm-hmm. Where's the protest? Where's the outcry? 
Where, where, where are the social media people banding together to say we need to do something about this? Now, this is not a white America problem. This is our problem. It's a black America problem. Where are we? And we talk about when we talk about the, the rappers that are being killed. We talk about the recent ones. But I, I want to name a few that some people may be familiar with if you're, you know, my age, right? That people may have forgotten about. DJ Scott LaRock at age 22 in 1987. Original member of Boogie Down Productions with KRS-One, mm -hmm. murdered. Stretch, at age 27, was killed in 1995. He was part of Tupac's group, Thug Life. Important to remember that term, Thug Life. Mm -hmm. Tupac murdered at 25 in 1996. Gaddafi of the Outlaws, at age 19, killed in 1997. Biggie, 24, 1997. Big L, one of my favorite rappers, murdered at 24. In 1999, Freaky Ty of the Lost Boys, 1999, Jam Master J in 2002, murdered. Where was the outcry? Mm -hmm. Where was the marching? Mm -hmm. Why? All those rappers were killed by black people. Mm -hmm. We ain't say shit. We ain't do. We we didn't go to. We didn't go to the media. We didn't talk about stop the violence. Now, we did. We did do some some rap songs. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, self destruction. For the East Coast and then the West Coast did. Uh, we're all on the same game. We did that. Mm -hmm. But that's it. You know how old those songs are? Has anybody made a song like that since? Yeah. You know? And that's the thing, like, there are groups. There are stop the violence groups, put down the guns groups. But when you look at their pictures and their marches, it ain't compared to no. what you see when... There's a, a a social outcry when when the Breonna Taylors and the Ahmaud Arbery's and the George Floyds happen. Now I'm not I'm not diminishing that we shouldn't have been out there doing what we had to do, but I'm saying we got to keep the same energy for our own people. Like and yeah, this is just again this is not to to put ourselves in comparison with white America. This is for us because we don't want our people murdered. We don't want our people committing a murder. That's right. Right. So we have to put ourselves out there because another thing that we do real quick is we glorify people going to prison. As soon as somebody go to prison, the first thing you hear, yo, free the real. Free the real. How, that's how, right. how is that the real? It's a soldier. You know, that, it's a soldier that, that, that's right a there. weird mentality that we have as black people that a person can constantly go to jail for drugs or for killing somebody or attempting to kill somebody. And we want that person free as soon as possible. Now, again, I'm not disrespecting or downgrading my brothers and sisters that are in the penitentiary, that are locked down, who are treated like animals sometimes. I'm not talking about, about that. that. Right. What I'm saying is there has to be some type of, 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 of um, accountability for us to not look at those people will put them on a pedestal because some people will go to jail just so they can be put on that pedestal. Right. Some people will go to jail just so they can get that attention that you could come out and tell somebody you held it down and you were a real one. Like we glorify that. Like we glorify putting those people back on the street, selling drugs to our people, coming back out and killing our people. But we don't glorify the single mom that's working two jobs because that person went to jail. We don't glorify the young man that's got a job and just moved out his parents' house. We don't glorify the two parents that are on the sideline of their kids' um, football game or basketball game when that kid look up and they say, both of my parents there. We we don't glorify that enough because we so we so caught up in free to real. And we put money on their books. That's right. We, we go visit them every week. We sit by and wait for them to call. But there's a kid in college and you ain't gonna put money, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna put no money into his account. Mm -hmm. There's there there's a kid somewhere that that's out doing what they need to do. You ain't you ain't stepping him aside and, and putting him on the pedestal. So we have to understand that we put a lot of things on the pedestal that shouldn't be because we wanna we wanna have this this persona of 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 respect of of, of credibility that don't matter no fucking where. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Right. That respect and credibility ain't going to put money in your bank account. That respect and credibility ain't going to pass down generational wealth to your kids. That respect and credibility is the only thing that's going to do is create a bad mindset within our youth, with the people that look up to you, that that's what they need to do that's to right. gain the respect that you have. You know what I'm saying? When you got out of prison, you had a respect. People was like, oh yeah, that's Rome. You know, Rome held it down. Rome a soldier. Rome, all of this, all of this, all of that. But you didn't even want that. You said, look, 
That ain't want me. I'm gonna start this youth organization. I want kids to look at me a different way. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And there are people out there who do not want that. They want to. They want to portray that that other lifestyle that they don't have to. You, you know the the, the thing about. <laughs> I wish every youth male, especially black male, could talk to a convicted murderer after they've been in prison for about eight or nine years with a, with twenty plus more to go and see, hear the message that they would tell them now. Yeah, in the beginning, when they committed the murder at 17 or 18, they probably felt like, yeah, I'm the king of the street. Mm -hmm. After about two years, three years behind bars, <laughs> they probably regretted that choice. Yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah. Because I've talked to them. I know that once you're behind those bars, that legacy, that reputation means shit on the street, especially if it's using guns. Because you know what they do to you in prison? The first thing they say to you, you ain't got yeah, one of those in none, here, Jack. None of that. <laughs> so how good are you with the hands? Yeah. Because that gun shit don't work in here. Ain't mm -hmm. nobody got one of them but the COs, right? So as far as that's concerned, that means nothing behind bars. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, the, the, the thing that drives me crazy is why is the tough guy the one with the gun? Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a tough guy, put the gun down. Yeah. Tough guy means I can fight. Yeah. Right? That's what that's supposed to mean. But that goes back to that term, thug life. Mm -hmm. Right. The difference between a thug and just a street personality, street personality beat the shit out of you. A thug got to go get a gun. Mm -hmm. Thug can't fight. See? Yeah. So when you in when you go to prison, thug becomes what? A bitch. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell you like it is. <laughs> if you a thug out here, when you go behind them bars, you ain't going to be no thug. You're going to straighten that out real quick. Yeah. Real talk. This is the problem. A lot of people go to prison and they get out and they don't want to have real conversations with people. You want to hear some real conversations about prison? Come talk to me. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you some real conversations about prison. I ain't going to tell you it's a vacation. I ain't going to tell you it's all good mm -hmm. because now you can call and you get a phone call. You may have somebody locked down right now, got a cell phone that mm -hmm. they ain't supposed to have. And they think you think they got it going on. They ain't got it going on. Let me tell you, you ain't got it going on when you can't even go take a piss when you want to, mm -hmm. right? You People have to start being real about the prison life, and then maybe some of the youth may not want to go there because mm -hmm. it's not as inviting as people make it seem. Mm -hmm. you, there is no privacy. There no privacy. no privacy. No. You know? uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. And we are back, and uh, we're going to jump right back in. So, and, and that's what you get, right? Because you get this persona that people have to have in you have these young artists um, who think that that's what they have to do to be able to to sell records. That's what they have to do to be solidified as a as an artist is I have to surround myself with these gangsters or, right. or be around in this gangster environment. You see rappers like 6ix9ine who did it and then realize I ain't about that life when it's time to go to jail. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then you look at it like like it's serious because courts are trying to use rap lyrics for court cases they want to take your rap lyrics and use it against you why because you saying the shit that's right that's right you know what i mean and uh, and, uh, and bringing charges that they normally bring against mafia right against the mafia they're bringing against rap crews that they're labeling as games yeah so when you have you have people who come from good households you know, you have people who live in an environment where they don't have to join a gang. They can they can go as they please. They can go to school. They can do what they need to do. But for some reason, they are they glorify something that that's in somebody else's experience, and they want to make that experience their own, right? That's so right. They, they walk outside of a house of a two parent household. Both parents work very hard for their kid, and he walk out, and the first thing he want to do when he take a picture, he want to throw up gang signs. For what? Because your favorite rapper do it, right? I don't know okay. if y'all ever heard the story of Lloyd Avery. Yep. So Absolutely. Have you? No. All right, so Lloyd Avery is the uh, guy who played in Boys in the Hood, that wore the red hat that shot Ricky. Yeah, also okay. played in uh, Poetic Justice. And he, th here's the funny thing. He's from Beverly, like, Be he went to Beverly school Hills. from Beverly yeah. Hills High School. He's a smart kid. Sm it was a smart kid, come from good parents, all of that, right? He get a role in John Singleton's uh, Boys in the Hood and Poetic Justice playing a blood member. And he played the role so good that the nigga went and joined the bloods. He moved from the suburbs, moved into the jungle. The jungle is from training day. One way in, one way out. He moved into that neighborhood and got involved in a double homicide. 
went to prison, got killed in prison, strangulation. That just shows you the the type of mindset. Now, no disrespect to that brother, rest rest in power to him. But that just shows you the mindset of, of some black people who don't have to experience their life. They want but, to. Be, but because it's glorified, we go there. We, we put ourselves in that situation that we ain't even got to be in. There's so many people who claim a, a gang set here that has no ties to California. When them people from LA come over, they're like, what gang you claim? How? Yeah. <laughs> That's our street. You ain't you ain't from my street. But it just shows you you have you have kids who who are not even in a gang, but they want a bandana, put it in their pocket, right? Because you want to portray something that you're not because it looks cool. It looks respectable. It looks credible. That's right. And that's what we do. You know, this is, you know, I got to do, you You always do the, uh, the genealogical line. Chronology, Cr yes. The chronology. I do statistics. As of today, homicide is the leading cause of death a young black man. That's 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 mind-boggling. Yeah. Contributes significantly to the shortened expect the expectation of, of lifespan for the black male. In about 80 to 90 percent of cases, the black victim was killed by another black. And about 52 percent, a little over half of the murder victims, knew the murderer. And and so in real time, one out of one out of out of eleven murders where the victim is black is committed by a white, which is about eight percent. One out of two of every murders where the victim is black is committed by a black offender, almost ninety percent. So so listen to me, black man. For all those that all the black men who protest the cops brutality and murdering of blacks in America and we talk about whites killing blacks at a disproportional rate you are more than 10 times likely 10 times likely to not only be killed by somebody black but also more likely to know the person that kills you mm -hmm. than you are to be killed by a cop or by a white person yeah, and I, and I see what you're saying. Um, so let me put this into another perspective because I'm not disagreeing with you. I agree with everything that you're saying, but to deviate that from a from um, to a different category is the reason why they're most likely killed by somebody you may know is because again we've talked about this on this podcast. We talked about how. Black communities end up with no economic development into these poverty communities oh, because we know poverty correlates with crime. So when you're you're in these type of areas, you're most likely going to be killed by somebody that you know. Now, this happens in white America, too, where there's poverty. Mm -hmm. There's also going to be crime. But what we're saying is here is don't stop protesting or don't stop talking about the 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 police brutality. No, keep talking about that. What we're saying is we're not exempt. That's right. Be we're, just we're, as egregious exactly. in this fight as we are in the fight against brutality, cop brutality against blacks. Absolutely. Be just as egregious. That's we're, that's what we're saying. Yeah, because you're not just saving one life from the police brutality. Yes, they have a the job to protect and serve, and they're going against their own principles of what they was built on to do that. But we can save two lives if we take this more seriously when it comes to us. The person that's being murdered and the person that's murdering them, right? Absolutely. So you're not you're killing entire families. When I when I wrote my book, um, the one that's is it over there? Until I die. Until I die. That's what I wrote that book based on. Is the fact that when you do something, you not only affect you, you affect everybody that's around you, right? That's including so, go to prison. Including going to prison. So when you when a murder when a when a victim is killed that is murdered, that family is affected, and when the person that is doing the murdering that family is affected because some of y'all know that some of the kids that are going to prison, their parents ain't raised them like that. That's right. They have been glorified by these certain instances right now. Uh, let's, let's, let's shift gears for a second. Cause there's another thing I have a problem with, which is the glorifying of sex that we have in the black community. You know, you can scroll on social media and all we see is our women putting themselves out there. 
social media has kids, as you said, from ages seven and up, but it's supposed to be from 13 and up. Yeah. But we know that there's no, that they do very little to try to censor younger kids to come on there. When they continue to see our women half naked, twerking while being half naked, sexual language content, they have access to these pages like everyone else does. These companies ain't blocking them from having access to these pages. They have access to these pages just like everyone else does. Portraying that image, look at what you're giving our young women to look at. Look what you're giving our young men to say that's the that's the type of woman that you want. Mm-hmm. Because the men are liking in common, giving a woman the attention that she desires. And the other little girl said, well, if that that's what get me the attention, I gotta do it too. Then that's what I should be doing. So I'm going to be half naked and, and, and twerking and the sexual content. So we are, right. and then we want to be so surprised when the kids are having sex at an early age or putting out sexual content at an early age because it's that representation. So now you leave it to people like us who got to say something to our daughters when they walk outside their room in short clothes. Like, what the hell you think you're going with that, com- with, with that on? Right. right. But with in their thought process, this is what everybody's doing. Right. Why do you have a problem with this? It's because that's not the way we're supposed to be glorified. But as us a community, we look at it and it's become it's become for more views and likes. And these are grown women. These are grown women with kids. Some of them married and they over there showing any and everything thinking that's what. How many times have you you saw one of those videos or, or, or somebody was showing you one of those videos and it's a woman and it's a young girl, maybe not even 10 doing some of the challenges, some of the yeah. dance challenges, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be provocative or sexy or whatever. And they say, oh, that's cute. How, mm-hmm. how many times have you heard Ain't that? nothing cute oh, about oh, it. Oh, that's cute. That's so cute. There's no outrage. No. There's no outrage, right? A- a- at all. But not only sex, but let's talk about weed. Mm-hmm. We, we know it's legal in, in most states, but you see people smoking weed on Facebook. Like cigarettes, mm-hmm. like like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So when you see that, and as a kid, you know, I always say as as a kid, there were certain things that you look forward to being able to do. You look forward to being able to drive. You look mm-hmm. forward to being able to have sex. Some look forward to be able to drink. Now, some are looking forward to being able to smoke weed. Mm-hmm. Some are even starting early because their parents are saying it's legal, and if you're gonna smoke, I'm gonna teach you to smoke the right way. Yeah, I, I've had countless principals tell me they have problems with vape pens and yeah. and and, and uh, <coughs> weed. And I'm like, where do you think they get it from? Absolutely, the parents. It, and so now they have a whole new of uh, uh, components to look forward to doing as they get older, and they're using it early and earlier now. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about trying to break the mentality that currently exists, and you say it's been growing since the eighties, mm-hmm. where's the end? Mm-hmm. Where, where's the end? I, I've never went live on social media, but I have noticed if you go live and if you go live right now on Instagram and start playing music, you know what's going to happen? They're going to flag you and they're going to stop your live. Cause you, you playing music that they're not getting paid off of. Right. right. But yet, you can go on live, you can smoke weed, you can drink, you can get naked, half naked, whatever. Even if you look at YouTube now, like I watch some YouTube uh, web series, Mm -hmm. it's, how can I say it? When we was growing up, these pornos came on at 12 o'clock where Mm -hmm. you can see what's happening, you just can't see what it is that's happening. That's on YouTube now. If you open up your Instagram and look at reels, it, it's dry. It's dry humping. It's dry sex. Mm-hmm. None of that gets taken down, though. But if you play the, if you play music on there, they're cutting that shit mm-hmm. right off. Follow the money. Right, right. And and again, you know, I know most people are going to say, "Well, we listened to this music as kids, and we turned out all right." That's not an excuse to have our kids exposed to things in a different way, in a more vulnerable way than we was to not correct it now, right? right? Because we don't want that for our kids. Like, we, we can't make an excuse. Like, I really don't want my daughter looking up to Cardi B, to Meg, to Lil' Kim, to none of them. Like, I don't want my daughter to have to look at herself and say, that's the normalcy. 
Like, I got hyped when my daughter said she listened to Queen Latifah. Because I know Queen Latifah ain't taking off her clothes. That's yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? I get, I, it's, it's just certain principles. But again, when you got 35-year-old women that look up to Cardi B and Meg and Lil' Kim mm -hmm. and, and they follow their every look. Because black people will follow their favorite artists. They'll follow their life like, like it's their life. You know what I'm saying? They'll, they'll know more about what's going on with them than what's going on with their kids. And when you do that, you don't even know that there's a little girl sitting right beside you that's being exposed to that. That's right. Right? So you're getting all of these challenges that you're doing on TikTok and Instagram, and you don't even understand that you're creating a narrative in that, in that child's head that this is what a woman is supposed to do, supposed to be like, supposed to behave like, because this is what men want. And they crave that attention. You have to ask yourself, is views and likes more important than integrity? Like, is that more important than 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 the the temporary attention that you're getting? And that's that's the thing is a lot of these kids don't understand that when these challenges are made on TikTok, number one, it's made by the record company for you to push the song yeah. so it could get more views. And so it's played all over, and that essentially gives the artist more money. Now, you doing the challenge, what does that give you? Right. Likes and comments. That's it. Um, I remember growing up, our grandma wouldn't let us play with a gun, anything that looked like a yeah. gun. Once we got down there, and Big had a gun that was a cap gun. That joint was fire. But it looked like a real gun. That joint was fire. Just got it from Walmart. Five minutes later, we pull up the grandma's. We get out the car. He pull it out. Let me get that up out. Let me get that. Put it right in the trash can yeah. outside. <clears throat> so even my daughter, who's about to be 13, we bond over music. But she understands that person's lifestyle is not her lifestyle. She understands that that's entertainment. This is real life. When that person go home, that's not who that person is. That's who that person is to make money. Not who that person is on an everyday basis. Again, growing up, we didn't have social media to to follow our favorite artists. I didn't know what Jay Z was doing when I when I was ten. It, hell, you don't even know what Jay Z doing now, and he's a okay. and he's mid fifties. You don't know what that man is doing unless it come out in the news. But the the problem is whether it's sports, rap, anything that a black person normally is involved in. We got one foot in that and one foot out in the streets. And that's always the problem. If you look at, and <clears throat> and I know AI is used as a scapegoat a lot of times, but even AI tell you the dudes that I brought with me when I got to the NBA, they should not have been with me. Michael Vick, my favorite football player ever. The, what was going on, it shouldn't have been going on. Um, he shouldn't have been attached to that. But that's our problem. We always have one foot out, one foot in. You look at the rappers, Young Thug, Gunner, caught up in the Rico right now. Sue Surf, caught up in the Rico right now. Yes, Sue Surf is from his past, but still, he's been told a million times, you do battle rap and rap. Why do you still keep going to the gang shit? Mm -hmm. The gang shit doesn't make you any money. Mm -hmm. You just keep going to jail over the gang shit, which you lose money. Mm -hmm. I, again, man, it's just glorifying the wrong things because... As an artist, the more he go back to the gang shit, the more credibility he has in the music, and the music hit harder. And people are literally going back listening to their lyrics and say, "Oh, I feel that now because he was really in the streets." You don't understand what that man going through. Like that man is facing life imprisonment, right? You know what I'm saying? And we only thing we worried about is them being real in the music. Like that's corny, bro. Like that's corny. Like another thing I I can't stand is the way we validate brands. Now, me personally, I'm not a fashion guy. I'm not the biggest fashion. I can't. They tease me all the time. I don't know Jordan sevens from the Jordan eights. I don't know the numbers. Now, I don't that, know none you, of that stuff. You should know that. But. No, I, should, I don't know <laughs> none of that. I know I the Jordan elevens. I know the elevens. I don't need. That's the only reason I know the elevens because I know that's the Johnson he was wearing when he hit the Jordan with Brian Russell, right? That's the only, <laughs> way, that's the only reason I know what the elevens are. You feel me? Other than that, I don't know, bro. Don't like I don't know. Like in, I was watching a um. Uh, TikTok video and a dude was like if you still wearing this like that's out of date we ain't doing it no more that was three months ago we ain't wearing it no more and I'm like huh like I, I do like I understand our culture is to get fly like yeah we fly bro head to toe like we we know how to put stuff together layer it together fix the laces all that beautiful 
But it's the length we go to to validate certain brands I do not understand, right? How many stories have you heard of a person getting killed over a coat or some shoes? So, so you can have it to validate that brand. You know what I'm saying? So you can have the Jordans. So you can have the, I don't even know the fashion's name, but so you can have the Gucci, the Louis, the Prada, the all of that stuff. Like, that. why why do you care so much about that? Like, <laughs> like those people, like the Gucci, Louis, Prada, they ain't even make their product for you. Mm -hmm. They made their product for rich people. Mm -hmm. But we go buy it so we can feel rich, so we can feel empowered, so we can feel like we like we're, we're worth something. Yeah, you fly head to toe, but you ain't even got no damn car. Mm -hmm. yep. You know what I feel? Like, we're the only culture where you can get bullied for not wearing a popular expensive brand and somebody that we don't, or for somebody that we don't even know. We don't even know who owned that brand. We don't even know what that person stands yeah. for. Most likely, there's been plenty of brands that came out and said, I don't even want black people wearing my shit. Well, you know, Timberland came out before and said that they didn't make their, <clears throat> their product for blacks to wear. This was in the, the early 90s. Yeah. And they were upset that a lot of their brand, their boots were being uh, shown on TV of people <laughs> being arrested yeah. and selling drugs. And they came out like, we didn't make it for that. You know, we gotta exactly. put that shit yeah. on. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's funny <laughs> that you will see, and, and again, this is not a lock on the females that love it and go out and get it. But the 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 average woman who has one of those expensive purses, one of those Louis bags or yeah. Dooney and Burke bags that cost four or five hundred dollars, and they ain't got twenty dollars <laughs> in their pocket. They'll the go get the knockoff just so it can say it's a Dooney yeah. and Burke. Like who the fuck is Dooney yeah. and Burke? And, and don't even have don't even have that amount of money in there. I'd rather have the twenty dollar purse and five hundred dollars yeah. in it, right? Yeah. They rather have the five hundred dollar purse and the twenty dollars in it. Right, man. Yeah. We'll buy three hundred dollar pair of shoes in the black community just to get more attention, bro. And we'll talk about oh, such and such got the got. Oh, I know the eleven. They got the elevens, bro. <laughs> they got the elevens. But such and such over here just bought his first home, and you ain't said a word to him. Yeah, we we talked yesterday, and you will hear people. They will discuss when the new Jordans coming out, right? Oh, you're coming out on. They Tuesday. know the date coming out on oh, yeah. Tuesday. They know how many they gonna make. And we'll talk about a new restaurant opening, and we'll talk about going to eat there, right? But if you know that person don't have a job, you never go to that person. Go, yeah, you know this new spot opening up. You ought to go down there and see if you can get a job. Yeah. We don't do that. <laughs> yeah, fact. But we'll tell them we'll we'll go together and go eat, even yeah. if you can't afford it. I'll pay for it. We'll yeah. go eat. But we don't we don't encourage them to go get that job, right? If I go get a new job and they got an opening, I don't come back and tell other employee unemployed people, yo, you know what? I got hired at they still hiring, right? Yeah. You know, we don't do that. We, we our culture for some reason won't allow us to do that. But we do all the other shit, yeah. but we won't do that. Right, man. You you I know you can know people who own 20 pair of Jordans, right? Don't own a vehicle, still live with their mama. That's right. right. We we'll put expensive shoes on our kids. Yep. Well, you'll go buy a baby some joys. No, they ain't gonna be able to fit them a few months later. <clears throat> just to say that they got on joys, just to take a picture and put it on social media and say they got on joys. The kid don't even know who the hell Jordan is. Absolutely. You go ask a five year old right now who Jordan is. They're gonna say, oh, he, he makes shoes. <laughs> uh, they don't know who no Jordan is. Um, there was an episode of Making the Band, the first Making the Band group. For the people who don't know, Making the Band is when Diddy went in allowed a bunch of people to audition to make a group so they can make it in the music business. They joined one band together. And the people who made it, um, they were, Diddy had paid them their first check. And within a week, most of the members had spent the whole check. And they were arguing about one of their members not being able to, not signing the contract so they can get their second check. But she was talking to her husband about not signing the contract because some shady stuff was going on within the business that they only that she didn't feel like uh, signing it. But in order for everybody else to get paid, they had to sign it. And one of the artists, I ain't gonna say his name, but he was going off saying how he had mouths to feed, how he was taking, how she was taking money out from her family. So she she signed the contract, just mad at the fact, signed the contract. The very next scene, them dudes went to Jacob the jeweler, yep, to buy some jewelry, and was broke again. And because we love materialistic things. It's that slave mentality. You know what I'm saying? You want the materialistic things to make you feel like you somebody, right? And the materialistic person, usually the brokest person, the person that you see with all of the materialistic stuff in the world, usually ain't got a dollar to their name. They wearing it. You know what I'm saying? They got the jewelry on. No one is going to put a target on their back. 
You know what I'm saying? They they want a perception that I'm somebody instead of actually building something to be somebody. Because everything that black people mostly buy is liability, never assets. That's we right. are clean from head to toe with no equity. Flashing money in pictures with no investments. No real estate, no savings account, nothing to pass down to your family. And then as soon as they die, it's a GoFundMe for the damn funeral. That's right. Because we we value the slave mentality of just wanting to buy something instead of buying our freedom. I want a hat to look like the massa. Mm -hmm. I want a coat to look like the massa. But you can buy your freedom over there. You can buy your family's freedom. But yeah, I want the materialistic thing. I want the thing that's going to make me look like somebody for one night. Absolutely. And then you got your whole life where you're broke. You're a broke person. Absolutely. If it don't cost you your life. If it don't cost you your yeah. life. Yeah. And, and I, I know the violence is just one side of it, but in most cases, that's the most impactful because even if a person goes to jail, that person's still alive. You can still have a relationship with that person. If it's your brother, if it's your dad, if it's your son, your mom or sister or whatever, you can still have a relationship with that person. But if that person is murdered, that relationship is done. Mm -hmm. And I just want to give some quick numbers. And this is just specific to Chicago. And, and again, the point is not necessarily just the violence, but it's the fact that we don't have a voice. We're not meeting this issue with the same aggression that we do when it's cops killing blacks. In Chicago, 71% of those murdered every year are black. 75% of those people that are responsible for the murders are black. This year alone, there's been already, and this is, we ain't even finished this year yet, almost 600 murders in Chicago, 600. That's approximately 426 blacks murdered in Chicago with 320 being killed by another black person. Those numbers are astonishing. So, so when you look at that, you have 426 black people dead, killed by 320 other black people who are going to prison. Yep. 320 in one city. Mm -hmm. So then you take, <clears throat> because essentially that's what drill rap comes from. Mm -hmm. So now you take those numbers and you put, okay, if drill music was made, this would have popularized came from I'm smoking on such and such, or I'm smoking on this. Because when we're rapping these lyrics, we don't even know that we're rapping someone who died their name. That's right. And so you think about those numbers you just said, right? Along with drill music. And don't get me wrong. I love drill music. I, I listen to drill music. But I'm also 34 years old. I, that's not my lifestyle, but the, I like the music. Um, but you take those numbers and you think about the families that were affected mm -hmm. versus the families that are rapping about what happened. Now that creates more murders mm -hmm. because this side feels away and this side feels away. 